I don't know if Travis, I just don't think you like to hear yourself. I don't. That's, I hate to hear myself. <laughs> that's why I don't even listen to our own podcast. Oh, well, that's good. Maybe that'll be the intro for this one. Is yeah. That maybe, Travis doesn't even listen to the podcast, folks. I, he I, is part of and helped start. I don't like the sound of my own voice. And it's weird to relive conversations that you've already had. <laughs> mm, I can't deny that. Welcome to this week's episode. We are uh, excited because we're doing a follow-up with uh, Nathan this week from a conversation that we had previously concerning uh, not just him, but we kind of finished the conversation with him a little early as we began to really dive into worship and the church in worship and even aspects of theology in worship. And so we're excited today because we get to continue that conversation with him. And a lot of you guys have been asking about that. And so we wanted to uh, be able to do that. So Nathan, thankfully, is taking some some time away today uh, to hang out with us. And if you could see the look on his face right now, he does not want to be here. Oh gosh, um, that's a lie. He, he, he would rather be sitting there uh, watching Gaither vocal videos and reading through <laughs> wow. gospel books. Someone's paying attention too much to me in my office. Podcasting 101. Yeah. Don't insult your guest. Yeah, don't insult your guest. Yeah, I, uh, I, I spy on him pretty regularly. So mm-hmm. just lurk. I lurk around his office door. He does lurk. Yeah, go, hey, Nathan. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but today's coffee, which, uh, as you could hear from the introduction, Nathan hates, <laughs> is uh, an Ethiopian natural process from uh, Messenger's Coffee Company in Kansas City, which we are excited to hang out. So messengers, if you guys want to support us at all, if you just happen to listen to us, which I'm 99.9% sure that if you found this podcast, it's because you literally stumbled into some (laughs) weird realm um, in the podcast world. But if you get a hankering and you want to sponsor our episode, we would love to. Um, Correction, I do not hate it. My brain is confused <laughs> because it does not know what to process and think of this coffee. Your yeah. brain, we, we talked about this earlier. Your brain thinks it's fruity pebbles, which you don't like. No, I hate, I hate This it. is a very sweet but coffee. But at the same time, yeah. though, like I said, it has like this aftertaste that's just, like I said, it's confusing. Like So the notes that they give are <clears throat> strawberries. Oh gosh, that's delicious. Strawberries, mm-hmm. cherry pie filling. Mm-hmm. And jasmine, yeah, that which I get like as it cools, like yeah, as, as you it, get. Uh-huh. Yeah, my first cool sip, my first sip, you can taste the fruitiness. Yeah, and I think I get the strawberry. I probably well, no, I think I get the pie filling kind of at the first. Pie filling first, yeah, the first as it settles. I taste you get the a little strawberry bit more last for me. That jasmine, to me, it's kind of I don't know. Jasmine sits in the middle of the tongue. Pie filling in the front. Jasmine in the middle of the tongue, and then as you get to the back of the tongue, I'm getting more of that strawberry type notes as it settles in there yeah my brain's like this is not coffee <laughs> no this is good this, no this is just good coffee yeah. you're used to drinking I'm bad not really coffee tasting, I'm not you really... called java jack's bad coffee well, java jack's isn't bad goodness gracious. in east texas you heard that java jack's they're not listening <laughs> and if, if they, they are, are they're never sponsoring yeah they yeah, they're sponsor. never gonna sponsor although you know if we you were if just labeled were... as bad coffee by... no, no, no they're no. not bad they're not bad they 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 have a roast that they do for the consumer of East Texas. That's what they're roasting for. And so the East Texas consumer primarily is used to, you know, Folgers, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's. I actually don't like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't like Dunkin' Donuts. It's period. nasty. Every time I eat a donut from Dunkin' Donuts, I feel like I ate a day old donut. <laughs> that is actually time. not Every true. Not, that is actually not true because why? They always run out of donuts by at least I would say about nine a.m. and they always have to make a second batch. Really? So, yeah, I'm being serious, and I only know that because from the days where I was not caring about what I was putting in my mouth. And I so. didn't think they were coming back since after COVID because literally I drove down North Street and I was like, you know, you see like brand new baby trees like popping up in the weeds, and I'm yeah, like, they were oh. closed forever. They were closed forever, and I was like, they're not coming back. I think I, we were excited when they came in, and then it's been a struggle for them. I feel like ever since. But what well, is a struggle? Because you have so many freaking coffee places and on every places. corner, <laughs> and so Economics the only thing they have to offer is ice cream cakes mm-hmm. to separate themselves. Speaking of new coffee places, rumor has it, rumor, Nakedo just 
talk rumor, which is more <laughs> like this weird like negative gossip. just talk is not rumor. Negative just talk is literally people that are bored. They don't have anything to do <laughs> in the hour, and they just post <laughs> random crap. Like, oh, that little storage building is H-E-B. It's like, oh, gosh. It is kind of funny. Anytime that there's like a bulldozer in town, like demolishing something, like, what's going in here? Probably H-E-B. So so H-E-B, if you're listening, we really desperately need you to show up just so that we can quiet the conversations of people. We really would. Um, H-E-B is life. Yeah, I'm going to run for city council and my whole platform is going to be, I'm going to bring in H-E-B and then... I would actually vote for you. See, I would get elected. Just by that one thing. But I wouldn't know what to do once I sat in the seat. And there I'm, goes my vote. And so, <laughs> welcome to the United States of America where you say I'm on one platform and don't even do it. That's it. Well, that's, I mean, so, that's not completely false. Um, but I don't think you can actually accomplish all of that stuff No, I'm saying either. just one platform. But like, if I, was, if, I was a, <laughs> if I was a politician, I don't think I could accomplish every single thing it's not about no. trying to, it's it's literally not about like i know that's what people want that's they they want the whole cookie and they want to get eat everything with it and stuff and that's their thing they're like i want them to do the whole thing i'm like no i honestly just want you to accomplish at least one thing you said you're gonna do on your agenda and if you can't even do that well See, and it's hard because like you know they may actually care and want to get a whole lot done but they still have to get it done with everyone else and so it's like if everyone else isn't on the same agenda as you which they never are like, yeah. you're not going to get done what you say you want to. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about how long it's taken me just to get new thermostats. It's taken like five years. No you comment. It's, it's, and so, and but that's only all, church politics. Yeah, and that's just church. And there's like all the little red tape you just got to go through and you got to make sure the money's there. And then as soon as the money's there, it's like in your home budget. As soon as money's there, something else pops up and that's got to be taken care of immediately. So mm. it's whatever. But uh, yeah, so we're we're here with Nathan today. We're going to be talking a lot about worship, talking a lot about... Um, Following up on our conversation about the movement of contemporary worship, I think, and where that's at in the church and also where it's kind of evolved from. But also, I think kind of looking forward to where we think it's going, because this is something that Brother Paul talks about with us all the time, the three of us, is the worship wars that was going on back in like the, I guess like the late 80s, early 90s. I would say 80s and 90s. That's pretty accurate because you have people like, Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, um, who's that other old guy that does worship like <laughs> with Michael W. Smith? No offense, but it's just y'all do look uh, really old. You lived in the eighties. You're old. Well, to Michael W. Curtis, Smith, Curtis, Curtis uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah, he's his sons do a great job of their band Colony House. But oh, I didn't even know he had yeah. a son. Had a band. Oh that, yeah, there's never sons, listened to him. Colony House is his son's band. Did you see, you never listened to Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> no, okay. his sons, but I, okay. Actually, none of those people you mentioned. So. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they try, I think I remember, I don't know if it was a podcast that I came across of that I saw or if it was like a video or I just remember seeing something about how they were interviewing the three of them as like pioneers for contemporary worship nowadays. And I'm just like, I don't agree with that, but you, it's just, it is what it is. Can you break out like go West young man one time? I don't like even a, know that song. Oh, it's so, I'm sorry. Looking. The only song that's coming to my mind, regrettably, not regrettably, because it's a great song and she's a great artist, is Amy Grant's Thy Word is, is a lamp into my feet. feet. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, because every time <laughs> you turn on the radio with KSWP, <laughs> that's the first song that comes KSWP on. KSWP still living in the 80s, but it's every, whatever. It's almost like actually every hour on the dot, 15 minutes after the hour, it's almost like it's, yeah. it's like clockwork. It's right there. Well, and I think so. it's interesting too. My when I so growing up, I had a tape player. That's what I had. Like my sister and I, we had like one tape player that we could share. You're old. Yeah, and she had like a new kids on the block tape. But I remember she got a CD player one year for Christmas, and I was like, oh, "You mean to tell me?" And then the next year, I wanted one, and so my parents got me the exact same one. And the first two CDs I got, all right, Michael W. Smith, Greatest Hits. Oh, gosh. I mean, by that time, and I'm we're so talking sorry. like 1995, maybe? Oh, the year after I was born, yay. 94, 95, something like that. I was in the fourth or fifth grade, maybe fourth grade. And uh, Michael W. Smith already had a Greatest Hits album. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> and it was, ridiculous. And the other one was Clay Walker, which that oh, one I know was. Clay Walker. Yeah, Clay Walker, country music. Yeah, so Clay Walker. My family grew up listening to country music. That well, surprises me. Get out, Clay Walker. Half of my family grew up listening to country music. 
my dad tolerated it, I think, a lot. Really? But my dad listened to a lot of like Bread, America, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Chicago. So Creedence Clearwater. So a lot of my my good music I got from my dad. My mom listened to Alan Jackson. Which, oh, so you don't consider country music good music? Well, what you just I don't said, consider, you just said that. I don't consider country music to be a forte. Like I wouldn't, I don't jump into mainstream country music. Now, some alt country, I like some alt country, but yeah, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of main, and I really don't listen to the bro country that's out right now. The what? Bro country. Bro country. What's that? Well, me it, and my bros, we get in our trucks and we drive around town and we do dumb stuff. I mean, it's just, bro. I've it, never every heard song that. is about. Cowboys, cowgirls. Yeah, it's real misogynistic. Girls, mm. beer, truck. Yeah, uh, I saw. I, well, I still listen to country music, but I all the country music I listen to is probably before the year of 2012. And the only reason why is because of Rascal Flatts and when they oh, came out with their his chain. voice. <laughs> what? I can't do his voice. Oh, I believe it or not, and this it sounds like before they recorded their first album, somebody came in, broke his nose, and then was like. Oh man, I got it's country music. That's the king of nasality. You do know that, right? <laughs> country music. I'm not joking. Country music is known for its nasality. Nasality. I love it. Well, it's just because that's <laughs> what that vocalists, a technical term. The yeah, te- is it really? Vocalists, is it? vocalists oh. call that nasality is a type of singing. Whenever I would think punk music. Would I think be, punk rock like, would probably whenever be Whenever I sing like la or la, like you just hear it and like. So that's the difference between how Nathan sings on a Sunday morning. Nathan's all like oh, and I'm like That's actually not true. Believe it or not, second service. I actually throw in some nasality. Yeah, I I'm more like a goat bleeding on Sunday mornings when I sing these guys because it's that whole thing like. Sometimes nasality is good, especially if you do musical theater. If yeah. you do, like I said, country music, it's it's part of like the culture of that music. And then sometimes you can do nasality, even in like whenever I, I sometimes do it in second service. I kind of use it as a cop out and a cheat to like help okay. sometimes help sing higher stuff because it's just. Well, I guess you're not those, having to force as much air out then, right? No, you still do. But oh. it's just it cheats because you don't have to use your vocal mechanism and your larynx and a lot uh. of the um, extra stuff that you need to. Make it sound good. Well, but that's an interesting piece too. We've talked about this before, I think, and even the vocal range of a lot of contemporary worship right now. Oh gosh, please don't talk about this. Well, no, but I mean, we've talked about how there's this trend among a lot of contemporary music right now. To sing as high as you can and not right, care what anyone else can do. Right. And so it's not congregational at all. Because yeah. majority of the people sitting out in your congregation can't hit those. I guess it would be like what tenor notes or things like that. Yeah, yeah they're tenors, but I think where they're coming from their standpoint is they're just going to assume, okay, the lady is going to follow us, and all of the guys are just going to drop down the octave. Which, generally speaking, that happens automatically because most guys, average guys, that are out there. They're not going to be like ah, ah they're trying yeah, to like sing up there. Yeah, they're like they're not castrados. Yeah, they're not going to that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, not that far and extreme, Charles. Goodness gracious. It's we'll just get, the whole fact of... a little bit of church history there. <laughs> gosh, we won't talk about those. Those are sad times. And sad so, times. Um, it's it's just more of like the normal range for a male voice. Like I'm studying this right now with a class I'm taking. Like Almost the average male voice is going to be a mixture of a baritone and a tenor. And so yeah. they're all going to mostly, they're naturally going to drop down the octave because they're not going to want to sing high. The abnormal is tenor and the abnormal is also true basses, which are the ones that are like, uh, like they can sing all So that kind of brings up, I guess that brings up my first thought to you then. So <laughs> when you are selecting on a Sunday morning, because we've, we've looked at this, we've seen this, you're trying to balance contemporary especially in second service let's talk about contemporary music yeah you're trying to balance a key that works with a song yeah that helps your vocalists yep. but also brings in the congregation because of the importance and the aspect of worship mm. as it relates to the entire sunday morning uh i guess just service just that time right so when you're planning a service you're not just throwing oh this song would be cool this song would be cool this song would be cool you're trying to find that balance and that mix between what can be congregational and also be like leading people into the message, leading people mm-hmm. into that time. 
Well, I can't deny that sometimes I do because it just sounds cool because honestly, like, and this is just me and I know everyone else on the table is like, I don't listen to worship music at all whenever I'm not in church. And well, so if I'm practicing it, I have to listen to it. But I don't, there's the key word. I don't, so I don't, I don't selectively go out and well, listen to worship music. It's the whole thing. Music. I have that argument, which I know I'm probably going off topic with the conversation <laughs> that you just started, but I'm That's like, good. it's like, it's the whole thing of like people, I'm not just attacking you and Travis here at this table, but it's just, I'm just like, they're all like, Oh, I just don't like to listen to Christian music as much. I don't like to listen to worship music as often. Like I don't listen to repeat. I don't just think in my mind, I'm like, y'all, whenever we go to heaven, it's just going to be one long, big worship service. It's like singing the same thing <laughs> over and over again. I'm like, is it cause you're trying to get all of like your, uh, plethora of knowledge of music now? Cause you know, you're not going to have it whenever we're <laughs> in eternity. And so Man, it's just throwing shade on us. I don't know. No, I, 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 I'm going to push, I, I'm I gonna push back on that. I don't think that's entirely true. I do listen to worship music outside of church. Uh, it's just not the only thing I listen to. Yeah. But even in that, like, there's more contemporary and I mean like that in the literal sense of like more recent artists that I like that you know I mean you joked earlier about KSWP still being in the 80s and 90s it's like I don't like a lot of the older contemporary stuff yeah like that's not just what I'm going to choose to listen to yeah but I mean there's stuff like I don't know the Austin Stone or like yeah. there's yeah. bands that and, are actually not, contemporary it's not, it's that I like. The fact that like I'm saying like you never listen to it. That's my whole thing. Like I'm not saying it at all. It's just I personally like I'm not gonna lie. I, I just I can't hold that in. Like I do get sometimes perturbed by it whenever people are like, "How can you listen to it all the time?" How can you? <laughs> I'm like because like it's the whole thing. Like I'm trying to keep like honestly, it is is true. Like I'm gonna make two separate statements. Like the first statement is like I'm wanting to try to keep my mind as sober as I can in the moment. Like and even from moment to moment, because I know the enemy tries to come in a thief of the night and just try to take my thoughts even in the second and in the minute right there and any kind of time and opportunity that I can try and take to kind of stop that and apprehend uh-huh. that from happening. Like I want to take that opportunity. And then secondly, yeah, I do like to listen to it cause it's just a lot of fun and it's yeah. just, it's just, I, I really like listening to the music and stuff. I know we're in a time and age where things are really more repetitive. It's the same four or five chords and stuff and yeah. whatnot, but it's just that whole thing. I just have to think like, well, technically all music right now, in my opinion, is like that, even with like punk and country <laughs> music. And like, yeah. it's all like the same thing. I, oh, I have this cool, awesome, like a uh, m- melismatic riff that I'm doing with my fingers or with my voice, or I have this cool pad, or I have this really neat drum riff that I do, or I'm doing it in two, four, five, four, and then 10, four, just to kind of be different and whatnot. And so I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's that whole thing. I'm like, the creativity in a lot of today's modern music and across all genres, I know it's going to be throwing under the bus is not creative. It's not where it should be and where it could be because they kind of let all of the creativity kind of go out the window decades and and centuries ago with a lot of the composers of the romantic period, the Baroque period, the classical period where there was so much creativity. There was so much nuance. There was so much going on where they were literally like minute. They were making sure like with polyphony where you have all these notes that are going in at all these random times, like in different rhythms and different stuff. But like at this point right here, we're like, let's say, this one voice has a 16th note. This person has a half note. This person is like just about to rest right here. And that one part was actually a chord. And it's like, you look and you study that and you're like, this person was like 18 years old whenever they wrote this. How in the world did they get this and put this together? So they that, weren't distracted with social media. Yeah, we're distracted yeah, with social media and so. Facebook uh, and Instagram and yeah. Snapchat and TikTok. Um, but that, I mean, I think that's a good point because even when the moments that I do listen to like, aspects of worship music when it comes to like what you talked about that repetitive nature of worship music and now we talk about even like in church congregational music in our last episode we talked about it being that that ambiance that really airy kind of like you just have this drone that exists which you have to be very careful with because we also talked about that last time yeah i mean there's just like this drone that and i understand i guess if you want to pull it back from even like you talked about from a classical romantic baroque period you almost at times had this kind of extended drone. It felt like mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. we used to in, in college and in some of my worship classes, listen to like chamber music and things like that. Yep. Those chorals. It's almost like this long drone with different pat of course, but that's all voices, you know? And so you've got that beautifulness of these voices mm-hmm. have to be on pitch and on time. So there's that creativity there and that skill that exists there where now, I mean, I'll be honest with you, 
and I can download a pad and just hit a note on a keyboard and it'll create the fifths and everything and I don't even have to do anything. It's going, yep. oh, look at me making beats. Creativity. And, but I mean, the creativity aspect, I think, has gone out the window to some regards. Yeah. But so when I listen to worship music, I'm not a huge fan of like the droney, airy, yeah. ambient. I like a lot of the soulful, like they take a rendition of a song and they actually give it life, like make it upbeat or or give it kind of those off-putting rhythms or give it kind of that where they, where you can actually, where they feel it and they're not just singing it but they feel it yep. in their bones. And I think that to me is more of an attractive worship yeah. to listen to mm-hmm. than just, hey, we wrote this really cool song. We want to be number one on the Christian charts. We're going to sell a bunch of CCLI licenses. <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, we talked about that last week too, that the the rise of churches that are writing their own music now, yeah. um, it's almost like they're following a pattern. Yeah. Country music has a pattern. I've listened to mashups of country music where it's like, it sounds like the exact same song. It's like five different songs, but it sounds like the exact same song. It's just that mashup. And I think worship music is kind of doing the same route where it's like, there's this pattern that they've found and you can just keep it going. So what do you think that does in hindering people's worship? If everything sounds the same all the time? Um, again, it's like honesty, trying not to be too crazy. In my opinion, I don't think it actually really affects the worshiper. Yeah. Because, and I say that unless you're coming from the standpoint of someone like us or someone that's more musically uh, capable, that knows more of those things, they're going to be more aware of it and sensitive to it. Yeah. And that will probably affect them. Yeah. But to the average listener and worshiper who comes in, who... Because there's even some, the only music they listen to is Sunday morning. They're listening yeah. to radio talk shows throughout the week. They're reading books. They're working. They're listening to country music. They're listening to rock music. They're listening to rap. They're listening to other stuff. And so, honestly, whenever they come in on a Sunday morning, it's like, this actually is new for me. Mm-hmm. This actually is more creative for me. This actually is this and stuff like yeah. that. So, for the average worshiper and listener, I would say it doesn't affect them at all. Yeah. I would say, like I said, for those, like I said, like us, those are actually leading it. Those who are actually partaking to it week in, week out, and month after month, and year after year. We're the ones that can see it and fully understand it. And, of course, those that are out there that know music more. And when I mean know music more, I'm not saying the fact they have to have a degree. I'm not saying they have to have done, like, even if they had, like, maybe four or five years or even a year of taking piano lessons or a voice lesson or any kind of instrument, I even call that just a step further in than compared to someone that's never taken anything music in their yeah. life. Because even whenever you're taking some piano, you're le- you're learning basic music theory and you're losing you're learning um, just basic chordal patterns and stuff like that. So even then, and and then you may even have some average listeners who do listen to music and they pay attention more to like the lyrics. They pay more attention to this and that and everything, and that's that's great too and that's awesome. But I would say for just the average person coming in it's not going to greatly affect them now it would affect them if you were to probably bring to their attention yeah because it would kind of be like taking the scales off their eyes and being like okay i see what you're talking about i understand like if you were to ever do like an in-depth study of like worship music through the ages or whatever you want to call it and stuff like that and just like going in deep and going deeper and down to it and you're just like play i think i saw like this was like years and years ago where i saw a mashup and it was like they threw in, it's kind of like to that country mashup you were talking about, Charles, was like they took like 10 or 15 worship songs and they literally like mashed them all up together and it was like the same four chords and like they would do one song and then they would do like a, a, a five or 10 second of another song and then like near the end to kind of like climax that they had them all going at the same time and they were all lined up. Different melodies and stuff, but they were all lined up in the same chord progression, everything. And it was just like, Wow. But just to kind of push back on that a little bit, like I wonder how much of that is just the nature of music in general. Like I'm thinking if you go kind of through the decades and classic rock was more what I grew up on, but like whenever Rush came out and people just mm-hmm. heard it on the radio, like they thought it was Led Zeppelin. Like, yeah. And then they started like jokingly calling them like the Canadian Zeppelin or something. <laughs> and then it's like you get to the 80s and it's like, well, every hair metal band had screeching guitar solos and big hair and yeah. high vocals. And then it was like, well, then the grunge movement came in the 90s, but then everybody tried to like do it a little bit different. And mm-hmm. like, 
and you can do that with almost any like 1960s and 70s country sounds yeah. way different than modern country but like it all sort of sounds the same you know yeah. obviously every artist has their own mm-hmm. unique little things here and there but generally you can take almost any genre worship or not and pick like an era and be like this was kind of the popular thing at that time mm-hmm. and so yeah. it's like how much how much of that is what's going on in contemporary worship music yeah and I would I would kind of push back and say, well, I first want to like, so when you talk about like, like let it be the nature of the music, like what are you trying to say? Like, could you expand on that? Well, I don't know. Like it started off with Charles kind of critiquing like, oh, it all sounds the same. But it's like you could almost say that of any genre of any decade and be like bands kind of try to sound similar to what's oh, okay. popular. I what you're talking about. So it's like I'm, it's not surprising <clears throat> to me that modern worship music has like a general vibe or something. And it's like, yeah, it's probably going to change every five to ten years and yeah. then it'll be the new thing yeah and i hear that but i also at the same time when i hear that i was thinking like i'm like that's just like a really bad cop out and like just a really bad excuse because i'm just like like i said i can literally go back to like the 1500s 1600s 1700s whenever there was different eras of music that was going through like with the romantic period you had the romantic period where there was they brought in this whole thing of using these ginormous orchestras they had like they would have like I'm just going to make like a random, like just saying, just to make fun of it, like a bajillion strings. Like they would try to add like, as like they would add as many type of uh, orchestration. You also had the forte piano that was trying to come out too. And so all this stuff was coming out and being really big and hype and everything. But even though that was happening though, you had over like these hundreds of composers and you could still differentiate them, even though they all had like the same type of bone structure of bringing out these large orchestras, this thick, full, beautiful, trying to get like this emotional pull being the romantic area of music. You were still like, that's Beethoven. Yeah. I know that's Mozart. Their patterns and writing styles were distinct. Yes. Like they were still like, even though they were all put in their romantic era and period of music, I could still listen to him and be like, that doesn't sound like that. But just to play devil's advocate, you might could do that. But if you put on a piece of classical music for me, yeah, like, and I, I get the simple versus complex argument. Yeah, yeah I, I'm yeah. not saying anything about that. Like, it probably is arguably too simple right now. But like, if you put on a piece of classical music for me, I could tell you, like, oh yeah, it's classical. It's old. I don't know. I could <laughs> yeah, not this tell you if it's Beethoven or Bach. Wait, or like, but, but it's that whole thing though. Like, I'm not trying to look. That's that's then that's for me. Like personally, like, I'm not trying to look to be like, oh, like what period did this come from? Oh, like who who composed? Like, no, I just like, I just want to be able to turn on the radio and whenever I hear three songs back to back, I'm not like like you can't tell if it's a Bethel song, a Hillsong song, or an Elevation <laughs> well, song. No, I it's just like, don't want to be like which this, which this church s- that has way too much money and people and studio time is this? And not even that. Like, I just for me personally, I just don't want to be like did the song ever end you know what i mean though <laughs> yeah like did the song ever end i'm like where did i hear one song end and the other one pick up like i and listened so, to one the other day i showed melina a song and i was i started it and i was like okay like we're through the course the second time cool we should almost be done and i look on the on the on the where it's at the progress 16 bar. minutes yeah it's like an eight minute long song <laughs> yeah. i was like seriously like how yeah. long do we have to get this? but i think that's a trend too well I those remember- are coming from live albums because a lot of the live albums they'll do lots of things where it's called um oh crud i'm trying to think like spontaneous thank worship. you there it is the word spontaneous worship where it's in my opinion it's still not spontaneous because like whenever i've heard like um some behind the scenes stuff from like bethel and like hillsong when they've interviewed them they're like yeah and, like i was just there in that moment and like i started singing this like riff and i was like so <laughs> great and then like they come back there's like yeah like we've had that riff in our brains for like a couple of months i'm like so then that wasn't spontaneous like yeah. you but technically see- had this in your in your brain in your heart but it's just the fact that whenever there was a moment where you just let it be instrumental yeah you seized that moment to just plug that in, which is not bad. Yeah. I, I still think that's cool. That's great. Just See, on the musician side of that, that's where I get frustrated because I'm like, what are we about to do? Yeah. Like I've been playing the same chord, droning it for like 15 minutes now as you've waited to see if you're yeah. going to build back into the song. And the argument, <laughs> and for, the like, argument for that what, though, what, 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 the argument for that though is trying to be like, now, we've been talking about that, like the whole thing about like everything and out now analyzing like the music today, I feel personally they are less focused on the musical aspect, which is kind of sad, disappointing because I really think that aspect needs to be expanded upon a whole lot more. Yeah. But I think today they're more focused on the lyrics at times. Okay. 
and they're more focused on, I can't say all because there is some that are genuine in my opinion, where they're not trying to be number one. They just simply want to write what, what God, what the Holy Spirit's put on their heart and that's all they want to do. But the thing is with music today, I feel like they're just trying to be more lyrically driven and to see how popular something can be, if that makes sense. Let's go to the lyrics then, because the one thing that we've always talked about is theology and lyrics. Yep. Because, I mean, a Sunday morning worship service, there's aspects of it that are going to be experiential. Like even in the message, there's aspects that are going to be experiential. Mm -hmm. But the role of being there on a Sunday is to worship. Yep. And one of the things we looked at years ago was the me-centric mentality of a lot of worship songs where it wasn't really singing praise to God so much as it was saying, you've been so good to me. Thank you, me. I yep. appreciate me. And we, <laughs> so we did talk about even like the, in our last podcast, we talked about, which I don't know if we'll air that one before or after this one, but um, about the, that aspect of, mansions in heaven and i've got a man oh, yeah, so just over the hill yeah, i told nathan um, i threw him under the yeah, bus yeah nathan. and so but even that is kind of a me-centric thing because it's okay. like I get, I, get have this, I get to have this beautiful facility and it's just like so i don't have to care about my home on earth because i get to have a beautiful home in heaven so i think there's even those aspects where it seems real me driven yeah yeah me centered yeah um so it's not i don't think it's just contemporary music i think there's just that aspect of our, like we sing about our feelings of what God has done for us, but yep. congregationally, yeah, is that an aspect that we should be adding to congregational worship? That's where I would say right time, right place. That's where I have to say that. Like if you're doing it like on a night of worship kind of setting, I would then say it could possibly be okay, but... And like I said, it's just it's just about the setting and the time and the place and stuff and whatnot. Um, I'm not on my phone because I'm distracted. I'm trying to pull up like the set list we're doing this week and and uh, last week and stuff. And well, this week and the week at, um, after because I want to go over some of the lyrics that are in there. Because for were those of you who are listening, he's shopping on Amazon. Don't I'm not <laughs> shopping on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, lies. Well, that's heresy. why like one of my favorite worship groups was All Sons and Daughters, and you know they're not yeah. making new music. I don't think, but no, they're not. Broken uh, up, sadly. But yeah. like I cried almost when that all happened. of their songs, if not all of their songs, I'm not saying I listen to every album, but like every song that I know by them is about praising the Lord. Yeah. Like you can't find couple, me or I. And there were a couple that yeah. they did have, but they weren't their more popular ones. I only know because I listened to every album because okay. I was a big Austin's and Artists fan. Same things with uh, the Leslie Austin Jordan, Stone, David for Lennon. the most part. A lot of the Austin Stone stuff is like that, yeah. And yeah. to me, like that makes sense. Like we're here to worship the Lord, yeah. not yeah. to sing about like, what we get out of things. And so I think in the instance of like this, but then this is coming like straight out of like scripture. And so this is why it's okay in this aspect, but like uh, not this week, but next week, um, spoiler alert for everyone coming to church next Sunday. I'm just well, kidding. this may not be aired until like, well, we may air it this coming week, this Wednesday. Oh, if you do, then it I don't w- remember how many this, we've well, this recorded. Song, well, I'm just going to say, yeah, like, this like, is... Uh, we've got three in the chamber right now. We're going to be doing Psalm 23, Surely Goodness and Surely Mercy from um, uh, Shane and Shane. Yeah. And, like, of course, you have the very first, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In yeah. green pastures, he makes me lie down. He restores my soul and leads me for his name, for his great name. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the chorus, Surely goodness, surely mercy, right beside me all my days, and I will dwell in your house forever and bless your holy name. And then verse 2 gets even more reflective. You prepare a table. Of course, it's coming from Scripture, Psalm 23, right there. You prepare a table right before me in the presence of my enemies. Though the arrow flies and the terror of night is at my door, I'll trust you, Lord. So in instances like that with this song right here, I'm saying like it's completely good because why? It's coming almost like straight out of scripture. And there in that aspect, I'm like, yes, totally. Like go for it. Yeah. Because then – that's where I encourage the worshiper. I'm like, like, yes, you're here collectively singing this with the rest of the congregation, but I'm like, I'm wanting to challenge them to be like, hey, take this moment. I don't even care if your eyes are open or if you just want to close your eyes, if you're just like just in the moment, just like just worship the Lord and just kind of yeah. like hear the words and be reflective upon that in your life. Yeah, for sure. Right there I, in that moment. And I think that's to me, that's okay. What I struggle with is when it's like everything 
every lyric deals with God's fire or God is water, <laughs> you know. And so you're saying you don't like oceans? I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, <laughs> I get it. But again, it's like it's all about even oceans is all about you because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's about I'm stuck in the middle of an ocean drowning. Lord, you save me, you know. Which for personal reflection, that's great and that's wonderful. But I think there's even aspects of it where it's like, is that something that we need to be like chalking out there? Um, And then there's even still that whole debate that you can get into about the intentions behind even like Bethel worship and things like that. And some of the things that come out of that church and what they believe about God and what they believe about scripture um, in authority, I think when it comes to scripture. So then you have to ask, you know, am I promoting something that is not, you know, necessarily theologically sound, theologically sound. Yeah. And I think we've had that discussion in private several times. It, I, I guess it is kind of that still a, a balance where you have to decide what is right. What is not right, but what is good? What is not? What is in the moment? What is not in the moment? Well, I, I think Nathan <clears throat> gave the best counter argument for that of like, there are Psalms yeah like the psalms that are put, put and aside that, and, that, and that's the thing like what you're leading to i'll just make this one the same and then i'll leave finish. sorry because i'll forget because my brain just goes spastic and haywire um the whole thing of like um there are psalms that are really reflective it's like i and me and everything but they're like prayers you know what i mean mm-hmm. like yeah. prayers that you're giving like that you're that the psalmist was writing to the lord of like yeah god you are there with me you're with me through the storm you're with me through the fire you're with me so that's why I don't mind some of the songs that you and I, but it's like, so go ahead and continue yours before yeah. I make my next point. No, I was just going to say like, because it's in the Psalms, like forget about style of music, forget about when it was written. Like mm-hmm. we can ground it in scripture because some of the Psalms are that way and the Psalms yeah. were worship. But I think what you're getting at is, okay, if we have four songs in our set list, is every song the subject about me? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. problematic. Yeah. And well, not every song and is, is that I way. I guess yeah. that's the thing. Like when you when you decide on a set, Sunday morning set list, are you trying to maybe pick one song in there that is at least partly no. reflected? No. Or no, no, no. I'm not. I don't purposely pick one that's gonna have me and I okay. stuff. I literally, like I said, it's a whole combination of stuff of like, does this song go together? Yes, because I that in my opinion that doesn't like make a thing. Like I personally, this is just me. I know some people are like, ew, like no, I never want to do that. I prefer to keep all the songs in the same key because uh-huh. I like the musicality of it, how it can flow together into the next song. I just think it works better that way. Sometimes it just doesn't happen that way, especially like I remember there was one week where I had the set list made the week before, I think two weeks before. Um, excuse me. And then what happened was, was like I heard a song come on the radio. No, not on the radio. Psh, not on the radio. Gosh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. KSWP. What radio station were you listening to? It was to? not on the radio. <laughs> It was a Spotify radio station. Um, and I was just listening to it and I was like, this song is good. Like, not just like the whole thing of like it sounded great and everything, but it was just like listening to it lyrically and everything and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, I really love where this is going. And so I listened to the whole song and I was like, we need to do that in church. Cause it was just like in that moment, like I felt the Holy spirit was just like, you need to like, I like I just, the whole thing of like, I know you've already like planned and you've made a set list and everything like that. And like, it's great, but it's like, this has to go. And it wasn't in the same key as the other songs, yeah. but it was okay. Cause it was like in that moment, like the Holy spirit was like, this needs to be done this week. And like, and it's a whole thing. And it's weird because sometimes I'm like, I don't fully know like if it's going to match up with like the sermon or like other stuff that's going to be going on. But then sometimes it just like lines up and I'm just like, well, yeah, I look at you going, look at you go flexing yourself. So that's, I mean, I had a professor in college that when we talked about music, he was a big U2 fan <laughs> as, a, as my old Testament professor. But he even looked at it as the aspect that if God has created music in general, that reflectiveness because that was the argument that we would have in college was you know music can't inherently be christian because it's music like so when we say christian music we're saying you know chord structures and things that were created before the idea of christian music but the the lyrics behind it create this undertone of reflectiveness to god and and namely to god but one of the things he always challenged us with was listen to music look for those deep undertone reflections of people's thoughts of a greater, higher being and power. And then knowing who you believe in, you can almost see their yearning or their desire 
for that something more. And you can, you can in your own heart, even translate that to that song. And so he would listen to you two stuff a lot because they were very spiritual in a lot of their lyrics. He could be like, Oh man, you know, they're all, they're pretty much just singing about God. They just don't know it because yeah. of that transcendent power of God. Huh. And there's even punk, punk stuff I've listened to from bands that were, you know, roughly associated Christian in their faith, even though their lyrics might not do that, but you can listen to that and go, okay, like you're wanting something more and I can see that and hear that. But since music was inherently created by God, he had that argument that, it, you know, music can't be Christian. Mm-hmm. It's just music. You know, it's kind of like that tree out there can't be Christian. It's just a, it's just a tree. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a Jesus tree because Jesus I saw the reflection tree. of him in it. Or I now saw Jesus' mama carved on the side. And now we're gonna touch. charge. We're gonna charge money for you to come Gosh. see our tree. Popcorn and cotton candy no. are over there. Snow cones are over there. Yep. And I think. <laughs> well, that got weird quick. It did get weird real quick. I think for me also, like, and I know I'm gonna get so much flack because I know there's some church members that love. I love this. I personally love this song, but I'm just gonna go ahead and rip off the tape with it. The reason why we don't do it corporately anymore is because I don't fully believe that it's meant for corporate worship yeah. more because there's also there's also the whole instance like when i mean poetic if it's poetic <laughs> in the sense like it's pulling from the psalms if it's pulling from scripture and it's almost like either verbatim or like maybe one or two is yeah. changed or the words just to help uh, fit lyrically for the song great but like one of the songs that i love but i don't think it's totally necessarily great for corporate worship is the Father's House by Corey oh, yeah. Asbury. Because when you hear the first verse, you're like, sometimes you're just thinking, I'm like, I don't understand this. Like the first verse is, sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. My story isn't over. My story's just begun because that's what my father does. Failure won't define me because that's what my father does. If you're not a Christian, you don't know what the song is about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, well, and then think about too, if who if, and what am I singing about? <laughs> say, say you're not a Christian and your dad beats you exactly. and is an alcoholic. And uh, I mean, do you really want to sit back and go, I don't like being in my father's house. I like know, that's, exactly. that's not fun for me. Exactly. And so it's just that whole thing. Like, I know we did that song like a lot whenever it first came out because I loved it and everything like that. But like over like the past year, just been like really been more reflective on just thinking of like, what are we singing Sunday morning? Like, what is it pointing towards? Is the worshiper out there? Do they, can they, because my whole thing is like, if you can't come in and start singing and be like, oh, I know what y'all are singing about. Y'all are singing yeah. about almighty Godfather, who is the creator of this universe and yeah. is sovereign and powerful. If you can't get that from the songs that we're singing, then I'm not doing something right. You well, know I what think, I mean? I think that brings up a good point. How much, how much of worship is an evangelical tool on a Sunday morning? You said how much of it is a tool? Yeah, like how much of worship is actually a tool for evangelism oh, it's on Sunday morning? Oh, it's a huge tool. That, that yeah. we don't even think about because we get that argument all the time of like, I like this song. Like if you could just sing this song. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, they do. Sometimes it's not about your preference. Yeah. It's about us trying to yeah. not only draw you to the throne of God, but there's somebody in that audience who maybe has no relationship with God. We're trying to draw them yeah. to an understanding of who God even is yeah. and then to the throne so yeah. they can be prepared for worship. And I yeah, think yeah, people sure. get that lost. And yeah. we talked about, you know, in this past podcast that we get bent out of shape on, well, you know, back in my day, we sang it this way. And back in my day, we did it this way. And yeah. it's like, eh, that's nothing wrong with how it was done then. But now as we move forward, we're seeing a generation that not only doesn't want anything to do with God, they don't want to do, have anything to do with faith. And anybody that wants to talk with them about the spiritual aspects of it. So then we have to say, well, how do we paint this picture when they come in through music of who God is? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's, the, whole that's thing? the challenge of being a worship pastor. Well, today, it's, I think. it's that whole thing. Like I forgot, I think what class I was taking, this was probably like a year and a half ago. Yeah. It was probably in 2020. I was taking this class and uh, I know it had to deal with something about like, there's some things in there about like sermons and whatnot. And so, and I remember my professor was trying to say like, you could be having this whole sermon series, blah, blah, blah. You could be talking about something random. And, but he said, but he was talking about himself too. And he was saying, but I always make my point to where all of my sermons will end with me presenting the gospel. Yeah. Because he said, 
if I'm not doing that, then I'm not feeling fulfilling the great commission. And so my whole thing is like, that's what I want to do with worship and music. I'm like, I want to point people like to Jesus and to God. And so it's like, if there's that chance that like, I don't want to take the risk and chance if I, like like I said, I want to have the person who's coming in to visit, whether they're definitely, of course, if they're not a Christian, but if they are a Christian, like saying like, Hey, you need to be, because it's the whole thing that where we live in, it's so crazy. It's so upbeat. There's social media. We have stuff that's going on, of course, in Russia and Ukraine. There's like this uh, inflation here in the U.S. There's blah, 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 so, so much is going on. The goal for Sunday morning is to constantly be in the, in the form of pushing you towards the Father and like reminding you of like who you are, being a workmanship in Christ Jesus yeah. and seeing and just letting that be the foundation of like you, who you are as a person. And so because just being honest, I'm like even those that are strong in their faith, in the world we live in currently, like right now on March 2nd of 2022, sometimes it's hard to fully remember in the second to second, like, hey, God is still sovereign. He's still on his throne and he's still king of kings, even whenever everything that's going on. And so if it can, something can be done about it throughout the week or that Sunday morning, I'm like, hey, y'all, everything is crazy. But remember the ABCs. <laughs> remember the basics, the foundation Ad, of... Um, admit, believe, confess. Could that yeah. not be an argument, though, for making worship music really simple? So let me explain what I mean by that a little bit. Like yeah. We were talking about the complexity in music and stuff. And I think this is where I do like listening to, and I know we just have talked about like Christian versus non-Christian music, but like mm-hmm. theologically sound, biblical, lyric music, you know, if we're going to make a distinction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> versus quote-unquote secular music Mm. is like when i'm not worrying about worshiping i like really technical music yeah whether that's a guitar solo or string parts or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. like i like the technicality of it oh yeah for sure but i and you know i'm not saying like super ambient like what we talked about on the last podcast but like i like simpler music in worship because i want to focus on him and the lyrics that we're singing yeah and like I remember one time in college, I went to a mega church just to kind of like see what it was like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was like smoke machines and lasers oh, going gosh, through it. And like, I personally can't stand it myself. Yeah. <laughs> so it was that, that end of contemporary, which, you know, we're not really talking about, but I mean, like I remember at one point in the song, like this guitar player had this huge solo and musically it sounded like super good, but it totally distracted, distracted me. From, yes. So there is an argument and I know this is kind of going way back earlier in our conversation, but no, I fine. almost like, simpler music like like whenever Caden does a solo or whatever like during the offering like love it but if he was to do one of those incredible piano solos like in the middle of a song I'd be like this is totally distracting from the real yeah yeah. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying for like no no no, I totally get that yeah and like and I I totally agree with that 100% like I'm I'm fully back that's why like sometimes not throwing Charles underneath the bus because he did go through this phase like where he was where he was trying to do the whole thing of like yeah we need to like have like this extra lighting we need to have like this need to have like these speakers that are pushing this drone and this pad through this was like probably like three or four years ago whenever we were talking about this and like and I told him I said like Charles like that's not what I want to do. That's not my heart. I'm like, like I'm said, if it was just up to me, even me, I wouldn't even be singing. I would have like just the ladies in the back. I would start off the words and then put my mic down and stuff and just let everyone else sing around me. Like I like, believe it or not, the simplistic, like, yes, my dream, of course, obviously for any worship pastor, because they love the whole fact is to have a full band. I want three electric guitars, two acoustic guitar players, a bass player, someone playing pads, someone playing piano. So if you're you're out there listening and you can do any of those things he just listed. (laughs) Plug in advertisement. And now Um, nobody wants to be the sound person. And And, uh, and then, and like have someone play drum and do some percussion and stuff like, yeah, I want all that. But at the same time, I'm like, when I read in Revelation about how like those angels that are the side of God's throne and saying, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty and everything like that. I'm just thinking, how simplistic is that? There's no instrumentation. There's no music. They're literally just saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And so I'm like, that kind of worship for me is very simplistic. I'm like, why is that have to be? I'm not saying anyone at this table. I'm saying in general. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about in general. Why does it have to be frowned upon of like having that type of worship on a Sunday morning? Like sometimes like I kind of like 
I will believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this. I will sometimes even envy sometimes the Church of Christ and what they do, not trying to attack their denomination, but like how they do stuff. You said envy. I don't think I, that's attacking. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm laughing because there's a really good chance my mother-in-law, who's Church of Christ, is listening to this, and she's probably thinking, then why not do acapella? I know, right? <laughs> that, like where they do so simplistic, where it's just shout the, out to Lori. It's just it's just the <laughs> it's just the the vocal and just the lyrics being sung. It's just beautiful and stuff, and like there, there's there's a time and place for sure but of course there you could definitely have the instrumentation for crying out loud like david had his harp had his lyre and stuff like that you have the big huge ram horns that were used by the israelites in the old testament and stuff they were going into battle with the worshipers leading the front and so that's where they went in first was with the worshipers and stuff like that and so like there's there's definitely the need for instrumentation in general but like yeah i agree like i do sometimes like that pullback simplistic because why that's what it's all about the apostles didn't have three electric guitar players. They didn't have <laughs> two just, acoustic guitar did players. Did you see those guys over there like, oh. And like, like a Marshall stack behind them. I know, yeah. And like, they didn't, they didn't have any of you that. You a Gibson or a Fender guy. Oh my gosh. But, but yeah, like they didn't have any of that stuff. Like it was just them, those who are around them and just in that tender moment of worship and that was it. Yeah. Well, so. to, defend myself there's oh gosh I, this was like me, three yeah. or four years well, ago charles there's still aspects of that that i think are great and and part of that is as a musician i look for holes in in music and so when i feel like there's a part that's missing or when i feel like things just yep. are sound flat um because again part of it is you're drawing people but you have to define flat though right and when i define flat i i think of it as like it sounds like it's not complete you know, or, and I also operate from a point of excellence. Like I want people to do it with their very best, like with the most energy that they have. I think that's biblical for us to work in excellence. I mean, we can't, we're never going to meet people's expectations. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the, I mean, we've got 300 people on a Sunday morning. You can't meet every one of their expectations. Yeah. So you're going to upset and disappoint someone every single week. And you have to just chalk that up as like, okay. But um, it's coming from the guys like I hate to practice. I do. I hate, <laughs> I hate practicing. Excellent. Sorry, but um, but I think for like you, like in and even Travis and like even Melina and Amanda, it's like do everything to you to the best of your ability. Do it with the most excellent that that uh, you know nature that you can, as God has gifted you. Because I think that that's important. So when I listen to worship music at any church, I'm going something's missing. You know, something's not right. Like. How could we have done this? How could we have done that? You know, the smoke and the mirrors. I don't, you know, I don't care about that but so you, much. Also, even you know, that whole lights. thing, though, I'm like, but then if you went to a church service where it was just someone singing vocally and it's just with the words, yeah. what's so, missing there? Yeah, so when we sang doxology at the pastor's appreciation yeah. breakfast the other morning, it was full. It sounded great and it sounded awesome. So I, I think a lot of acapella is good because you can pull away the fluff yeah. and you can actually hear the content. Yeah. Um, but then you got the aspects where just a guy in his acoustic leading us through a rendition of Holy, Holy, Holy. And it's just like, wow, that's really, it's just bare bones and it's good for that moment. I think Sunday morning, you're trying to get people to focus away from uh, the fight that they had that morning on the way to church with their yeah. kids, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get them dressed, you know, yeah. the, the potential loss of, you know, parents or grandparents to sickness and, and health. Um, yeah. The financial you know, struggles that they're having to deal with on a regular basis. And that can inflation. totally be done yeah. without smoking mirrors and without yeah. having all the extra instrumentation. Cause, cause you, it's the whole thing where that's where you have to be careful as like, as an individual, as a person, I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying as, in no, general, yeah. as a person, like it's the whole thing as an individual. I'm like, I have to put my thoughts and myself, what I yeah. would think would be great and what I think should be. I have to put that behind. Yeah. And I think for us as ministers, we have to break their distraction every single Sunday. Yeah. Like a lot of times, and I want to, I want to believe in my heart of hearts that people will do this, but a lot of times people don't come into the building on a Sunday morning with a heart prepared and ready for worship. Yeah. So we have to break the distractions of their life and draw them in. And the, what we learned about even in homeschool group, the biggest way that we can get people to remember the theology is through song. Mm-hmm. And so song is immensely important. If the tune is not a, a like, especially for Olivia and her homeschool, if the tune is not a catchy, like bouncy tune, it's hard for them to remember the facts of what's going on. Yeah. But I can, we can hit a song on her homeschool review and she can pump out the lyrics to that song 
And then we can actually ask her the same facts later and she mm. remembers them. So theology to me in worship is immensely important because that's, I'll, I'll be honest, on Sunday morning, people are going to remember more what they sang than what Brother Paul said. No, yeah, yeah. And so the well, that, that's the- honestly with any has church. To be rich in yeah. worship, yeah. So yeah. I, to me, that's where I think that you know, if we can create that that tone and that that that, if we can cover the holes as best we can. So if you do play an instrument out there, I mean, it's it's not about you being on stage, you're actually helping lead people to worship. Yeah. Even if it's just you playing the same four chords on yeah. an acoustic guitar yeah. and you're not even feeling like, I'm not that great. We're not asking you to be like great. Yeah. We're asking you to just give a service yeah. to the Lord. Now the part where it would say like the holes and the flatness would come would be like, if you had someone coming up there and leading up there and they're like, amazing. I know that's, that's actually representing physically flat, but what yeah. I also mean is like someone that honestly does not know what they're playing. Yeah. Someone that does not know what they're singing. Like that's where I personally see where the holes and the flatness can be coming in from. So like for me, when I led worship for you Sunday, it was, I had to have the backing track because mm-hmm. if I didn't have the track behind me, I would feel like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. It would hurt me more leading worship because I would feel like I'm not giving my best Mm -hmm. in that moment because in my ears, it would sound like it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so that's, and that may just be me on Mm -hmm. on my preference. But I mean, I've been to concerts before where you got four dudes up there, two electric guitars, a bassist and a drummer, and it's the most full sound you've ever heard in your life. And I'm like, okay, so whether you have much or plenty, or, or less or plenty. I think that it, it just depends on, you know, where your heart's at on that. I, I don't know. Yeah. So to me, I, I can't say Nathan's completely wrong because, you know, three to four years ago, I was kind of like, man, we should have these movers and this, and what if we did this lighting and all that? Yeah. And then it just kind of got to a point where after talking with him and sitting down, it's like, you know, we probably really don't need all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But to me, the music, you're drawing people in. Right. And, and in my heart, I'm going, I have to break their mundane life, yeah, their yeah. routine for a second. Because yeah. I know for me, it's hard coming on some Sunday mornings when you've got kids screaming at you. You're trying to get yeah. them fed breakfast. And, get them dressed, shower, yeah, get them dressed, everything like that. And you got to yeah. check with your wife and be like, are you good? Like, can you cover all this so I can, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's not easy. Yeah. And people want it to be easy. And I think mm-hmm. that's the pressure that you feel a lot too on Sunday mornings because if you pick a song that somebody doesn't like, you look out in the crowd and they're just got that scowl on their face and you're like, mm-hmm. can you just like it for like five minutes? <laughs> <I'm seeing through laughs> it? Yeah. 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 Well, it's just, it's just that whole thing. I'm like, again, going to it. Like, it's just that whole thing of like, I'm not trying to go out there on a Sunday morning to try to please everybody. I'm right. not going out there to try to be like, like, Oh, that's my favorite song forever. Oh my gosh. Like, no, no not doing that. <laughs> Cause all. all church people talk that way. <laughs> I, know. No, I just, whenever I picture someone like that, I just picture someone that has like their hair all done all like perfect and everything have like their hands filled with jewelry and like the, and just like super like high upper church, if you want to call that way. And they're just yeah. like, it's the best I've ever heard in forever. And that's just, that's how I picture that in my brain. And so it's, of course that's just, that's how I picture whenever someone like up that, like that comes up to me. And so, but anyways, um, but yeah, it's just, that's just like where I'm at, like over when it comes to like theology and worship in general, it's just that whole thing of like, just realizing what we're singing, the lyrics, looking more at the lyrics, looking at like the structure of the music and everything. And like, cause it's the whole thing. Like if I find out, like I think it was like a couple weeks ago, I was like, okay, I'm not going to have basically zero vocalists. I wasn't going to have like, <laughs> I think, um, I think you were out maybe or something like that. No, that was the week that the ladies were on retreat. So well, no, I think there was something another time though. I'm trying to remember every time when, like I had no one to play guitar. I think I only had one person playing guitar. I think it was Tanner. I think you were, I don't know. I may have been out of town, but like I had only Tanner and like, um, I had no drums cause I think Amanda and Ryan were both out with COVID. Oh yeah, I think that's what was it. It's like everyone was getting sick with COVID and stuff. That's why there were so many people out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. And so I was just like stressing out for like in the moment. And then like I literally just like had to calm down and just think about like and like just kind of like hear that still small voice kind of like in the background, like just be like, it's okay. Like (laughs) like you don't have to have a full band to worship. Like you don't have to have like this 
beautiful, huge setup and everything like that. Cause there's people that are in countries that don't even have a church building your size. that don't have yeah. uh, regular floors. They just have sand and dirt. They don't even probably have a guitar. All they have is just their voices. And maybe even if they do have like a sheet of music in front of them or a paper that has the lyrics and they're just singing and worshiping like well, missionaries. Like, I think that's what I think about it. When missionaries go out there and like, they lead people in worship. I'm like, there's certain areas where they're going. There's no electricity. There's no sound. There's none of this and everything at all yeah. they're doing is just lifting up their voices unto the Lord. And that's a good point too, I think even, and we're kind of running out of time, but even the, I, I'm on a couple of church production groups on Facebook and in those groups, you're seeing these pictures of these guys like, hey, new install day. And you start looking at the equipment and I'm like, you've got like $500,000 worth of, of audio equipment that you're about to hang from your ceiling and put on your walls. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I could, I don't think I could ever do that. Like I, I'm all about audio quality and things like that, but there's a point where you look at your room and you go, okay, this will work. And you know, you keep it within a reasonable yeah. budget. There's upgrading. And then there's to me just going nuts. But when you've got, you know, 15,000 people showing up on a Sunday morning, there's a certain level of expectation that they have for you there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever want to try to meet that expectation. Well, like, I don't know if that's in my blood to want yeah. to meet that expectation. I, I'm not trying to con- go over time, but like that brings up the whole discussion of looking at mega churches and seeing of like what they're doing and especially in that kind of time of worship. Cause it's yeah. just, it's the whole thing. I'm like, I personally do not think that's healthy for the church. What they do with the kind of worship they do with like all the smoke and mirrors, the laser light show, the smoke, like having like all these big, huge things. I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, but are you truly preparing people for what they're going to expect after this world fades? Like, I have to ask that question sometimes because I, I got to go to Gateway one time whenever I went for a conference and I went in and I'm just like seeing all this. And I'm just like, I'm like, this is great. This is cool. But I'm just like, how much of this is like, honestly, and I was thinking the moment, like how much of this is like really honoring the Lord? I'm like, is having a church this size, this big, having like this kind of like music aspect, having a Starbucks out in the front well, foyer, is this really bringing honor and like in like in? in I the, think that's more of like I think it touches a little so, bit on what we could talk about later at some point is the pastor personality, mm-hmm. where a lot of churches are built on the personality of a pastor, and that is what gets promoted more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a dangerous aspect for any church when your church growth is established based on the personality of a pastor that pastor has all that pressure to keep things going and to keep things moving. And I, I don't know. I, I enjoy the church that can step back. That pastor can step back and say, man, I'm going to take like two or three Sundays off and the church can continue to thrive and function and do. And we talked about that. I think in one of our, our conversations about the role of even eldership and things like that in the church and how <laughs> that's designed to keep the church moving, no matter who the leadership is or the preaching teaching leadership is. And so, you know, that, that pastor personality type church, you know, I think you can even say like worship personality type church. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I go to this church because of the worship. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. Yeah. The whole comment, I go to this church because the worship is so much spirit filled. Like you can feel the spirit moving. And so, (laughs) I mean, believe me, I've been to some churches where you can't feel the spirit moving. Like, but it doesn't mean that I discount their worship. I've sat at churches before and I've thought, you know, this isn't my worship, like my style of what I would like, but you know, they're, they're worshiping and the church is still growing and thriving and doing. And mm-hmm. so just cause it's not my thing doesn't mean that it's not important. Yeah. You know, and I've sat under preachers that I've sat and I'm going, I can't follow you completely on some of it or they're, they've, they've got their own different tone but it doesn't discount the fact that that the gospel is being preached and taught. So I think that we have to get to a point as individual humans and and Christians where we are intentionally looking past the fluff ourselves and we are looking for those moments where the gospel is being presented. Well, It's also going past the whole point of like, it's not about me. Yeah. 
like I think that's the biggest, also biggest huge issue. Like with, like we've made the church so much, which it's it's not a bad thing. Like yes, it is about you to a certain extent. Like it's about your heart and your soul. Where are you going to be going? Have you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and yeah. Savior? But but once you get past that point, like. Like with the, like once like the Great Commission and everything was getting started like that in the end of like the Gospels and whatnot and he sent them out, it was less and less about like, oh how are you doing? Like do you need to have like like a you yeah. and me time a safe space? Do you need to have that? It was like <laughs> don't no. see that in the book of Acts. I'm like <laughs> I'm like no go out go face what's going to be in front of you whether it's being crucified upside down whether it's being beheaded whether it's being ridiculed and being attacked, like go out there. Like, yeah. and it, it's not trying to discount. Oh, I feel like I'm going to start going on a tangent. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> but it's like, yes, mental health is great. Yes. All this stuff is great. All this stuff is important. I know. Cause when my mom died Christmas Eve of 2020, yeah. my mental health was jacked up for over a year. And so I completely <laughs> understand that, but it's the whole aspect of like, just realizing, Hey, like it's not about me. Yeah. It's, it's really honestly not like it's about, us like the whole corporate church the corporate body the whole bride aspect of thinking the whole body of christ not just me yeah and so well and i think that's a good i think that's a good point for stopping on today because you know reality is at the end of the day it isn't about even the three of us sitting here at this table and our efforts to try to lead people to christ as much as we possibly can I think that there is a nature where we have to let the Holy Spirit do the work. We have to let the Holy Spirit lead us in worship. We have to let the Holy Spirit lead us in the preaching. We have to let the Holy Spirit lead us in even the times of greeting and guest services that we have on a Sunday morning. All of those things are aspects of our worship to God and, and what we do. Your wife is calling, and Charles. I can see that. So that, that means it is a great time to stop. So, well, if you have any other questions for Nathan about worship, I'm sure that he would love to sit and chat with you about that. If you have questions about how you can help enhance the worship at Calvary, one of the great things that you can do is we do have many open spots available, whether it's through playing an instrument, whether it is through singing, whether it is through um, working a soundboard or doing words on the screen or playing even, a banjo. But I do play banjo. So uh, sure, yeah. I mean, sure, no, let me sure. rephrase that. Say. I know how to string up a banjo and play some chords on there it. There we That's go. About, yeah. um, Truth coming out. Yeah. But even like our broadcast, I know we talk about our broadcast. Many of you have questions about our broadcast uh, room. Uh, one of the things that we're trying to do is keep our broadcast moving so that those who are in nursing homes or that are shut-ins or those who are sick or traveling can still be in tune with the things going on in our church. So there's opportunities for you to serve. We want you to do that. And for multiple ages too, because we have two youth that are currently learning how to run the broadcast. So, yeah, so we've got, I mean, anyone can jump in and help in this. Um, preteens can even help and do some of these things. They know mm-hmm. computers more than they, they do a lot of us. So technology. So anyways, if you've got uh, questions or, or thoughts on worship, if you've got some things that you want um, to talk with Nathan about or anything that you can do to help in that, please let us know. We want to help you in that. As always too, if you have any topics or comments that you want to provide feedback for Travis or myself, Uh, how we can answer some topics and questions for you. We want to do our best on that. And lastly, we're even looking at possibly doing our own church coffee club here pretty soon. So look for information on that coming out as we try to plan a time where we can get together, share coffee together. And as we talked about this past week's episode of doing uh, even some barista-ing for you as a church. So um, we just want to serve you guys. We want to not just serve you, but have relationships with you. And we are going to do that in any way that we can. So thank you so much for listening this week. And we hope that you uh, have a blessed one.